the common mistakes what every parent does right i'll tell you what are the common mistakes so that now we'll get an idea of where we need to draw yeah. the line okay sure. so the first mistake uh is parents thinking i know everything that is good for my child Mm-hmm. the truth is we know nothing yes <laughs> and when we know only when you say that i know nothing you're going to look at your child completely dispassionately and without any judgment this has to go into our heads very clearly mm-hmm. yeah. Right? yeah number two number two is i want my unfulfilled dreams to be fulfilled by my child yes ah. yes one mistake yes yes so i did to do this i was not able to get such a good education i did not have the best but i want my child to go into the best and do and i wanted to be this i couldn't i want my child to fulfill number 2 mistake that is your dream it goes with you not with your child hi we are the confident communicator and i am seema mehta along with my partner deepma jadeja welcome to imperfect parenting together Let's get on a journey of discovering kindness, success and happiness courageously, fearlessly and by holding ourselves to a standard of grace, not perfection. It is our mission at the Confident Communicator to empower kids and adults discover their own uniqueness through our coaching, training and soft skills program. We welcome you to a new chapter of imperfect parenting a series dedicated to discovering our own uniqueness without judgment by chiseling away all superfluous materials within ourselves hi everyone welcome to imperfect parenting from the confident communicator i am joined by my uh very dear friend and business partner seema mehta and i am deepma jadeja both of us co-founders of the confident communicator we have an amazing guest today but before i introduce him i wanted to answer a question that i've got repeatedly and that is why did we call this series that we've started imperfect parenting a lot of you have written in and asked aren't we supposed to uh try to become better why are we celebrating imperfection aren't we supposed to try to strive towards perfection and so i wanted to just answer that question very quickly uh the reason we named it named our series imperfect parenting is because in our striving towards perfection tends to create a lot of stress and unhappiness and anxiety in us let me give you a quick example if your spouse or your partner is uh, not reciprocating the level of perfection that you're putting into the relationship what does it lead to anger frustration stress if your employer does not give you that promotion in spite of you trying to be the perfect employee what does that lead to unhappiness anxiety if as a parent you are reading all the right articles all the books watching all the videos and trying to push yourself towards perfection where does that lead you it leads you to putting the same level of stress 
on the children to become perfect. And what happens with that is children start worrying and start developing a fear of failure. And that's what we want to avoid. If children are afraid of failure, they are not going to take risks. They are not going to try anything new. They are not going to uh, be okay with not doing it right the first time because you've put this pressure of perfection on them. And that's the reason why we named our series Imperfect Parenting, not because we're celebrating per se imperfection, but because we want to celebrate each person's uniqueness as being and making them perfectly imperfect. So without much ado, I want to introduce our esteemed guest who follows the same, not just in his professional life, but in his personal life as well. He has two amazing daughters uh, who he has raised with gentle parenting. Girish Panikar is a speaker, author, and certified parenting coach. He has also been certified in NLP, cognitive behavioral therapy, life coaching, and is the charter founder member of Enneagram Society of India. That's quite a mouthful. So we have a and, very esteemed And guest. not to forget, he's the first man who has come onto our series. The yes. And I think in that, in that arena, this is probably the perfect guest that we've had. So welcome, Girish. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, and no, the way you brought in the imperfection uh, or imperfect parenting, I think that's the way we need to look at life as such. No, not strive for perfection because you put undue pressure on everybody. And absolutely no, delighted to know that you are doing uh, that, which I also imbibe in my life as well. Wonderful. Girish, you can follow Girish on his social media handles where he is called the parent alchemist. So let's ask him that first question. What is a parent alchemist, Girish? Okay. And now, see, in all my interaction with parents, you know, most of the parents told me, can you do something so that you change certain behavior of my child, right? My child is not studying. My child is not eating. My child is throwing tantrums. My child has no mobile addiction. Can you change that? Now, my work is entirely not with children. But with parents, because if they change their responses to whatever children do, children's behavior automatically changes. So I bring in change in parents by how they interact or how they uh, uh, respond to any kind of an action that the child does. So I change parents, which in turn bring changes within the children. That's why I, I would like to call myself a parent alchemist. More than more more than calling a, a, a parent coach, no. Parent. And that and that's actually very very interesting that you say that because I remember I mean as as a parent one of the first things as soon as the baby is out, the first thing that the parent does is take care of the child. They help them talk, walk, eat, experience so many things until they start becoming able and independent. So there are so many different stages that kids go through. And therefore, the training of the parent becomes very critical. So I think it's a very apt uh, name that you have given yourself. And, <laughs> and I, and I uh, appreciate that you do that. Absolutely. So Girish, tell us, let, let's jump right in. So you say you're a parent alchemist, you're a parent coach. Uh, what is coaching as opposed to, sometimes I wonder, I wish I'd met you earlier in my parenting journey, because I'm wondering, I, I think I was my children's teacher more than I was their coach. So what is the difference between teaching, instructing and coaching? 
as you see it see uh, both has its importance right when a child comes to you and says no that uh, the child is not good in something you know some some particular subject mm. and you feel you are able to do it better there you take the role of a teacher or a coach right but there are certain places as the child grows the child will definitely be confused on what to do right yeah. there my knowledge is not going to help the child there i need to be a coach wherein i trigger the child to find solutions on their own mm. and that's the role of a coach correct correct because when when, so when the child is at crossroads your solution is not going to work yeah the child yeah. only knows what the child is undergoing and as a parent my job is to help the child find solutions for the problem that the child is undergoing so and what you're saying is that in a difficult situation we need to imbibe that sense of resilience in the child so that if they are facing a difficult challenge or a, a situation they can come up with a solution themselves because the parent has played the role of a coach is that what you're saying yes 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 because mm-hmm. if the child has a problem your solutions will not work correct correct because your experience which worked for you but this experience is completely different now when you're going to give a solution for a problem which is the child's own it doesn't work actually so, we had a we had a guest a uh, couple of episodes ago her name was achal kejriwal she was uh, actually uh, she does uh, reorganizing and helping people decluttering yeah and she told us something very interesting that if you are asking your child because the the conflict that parents and children have it starts with clean your room right it always starts with that so she said if you make your bed make your bed clean your room you know put the mess away the the thing that happens is you have a vision of what that child's room should look like but it doesn't work for them that is not their solution they have to find their own solution is what she told us in that episode and yeah. it kind of resonates with what you're saying that while it may work for you in your mind it doesn't really work for the child so how do we distinguish this role of us being a parent and a coach i mean it's a little confusing can you can you separate this out for us it is not always that we play the role of a coach uh, uh, my, my mission is not to help a parent become a coach and a counselor see there are times when the children are completely low depressed anxious not knowing what to do correct and there the parent has to play the role of a counselor and what are the role what is the role of the counselor how do you help the child to help uh, help the child to tell whatever is there within within the child right so that's the role of a counselor not the role of a coach coach is helping you find solutions on your own and the counselor is helping you bring out whatever is there within yourselves so these are two roles right uh, if that was a question that you asked me if i answered absolutely it's very important to make that distinction because so someone will say you know but i got to be the parent you know i've got to be the parent and i got to act like a parent i cannot be a coach but i think i think if you think about it from the long term perspective being a coach is very very critical and at what stage in your mind does a parent become a coach i mean how do we transition or how do we exchange this role of being a parent versus a coach i mean how do we do that one of the things also that we notice sorry to interrupt but one of the things we noticed in leadership communication and in a lot of our long term courses our parents often come to us and say are but how come he does what you tell him to do but he's never listening to me he never does what i ask him to do and i think one of the things that we say is that we make them think that it was their idea 
right and so we we are doing the coaching obviously we are coaches we are not uh, we are not that child's parent but because we are doing that we are making them think it was their idea they are far more open to doing the homework or the assignments or whatever it is that we are telling them uh, to do and i think that's what you are saying as well with the coaching and the counseling and the distinction absolutely and one more thing what we need to understand is see children always feel parents are the people who i can do whatever i want that liberty is there Mm. Right? Mm. I can do all the mischief in my home because it is my father and mother, right? Now this the parents need to understand that right. they are using this liberty only because we are the parents, right? Yes. At that yes. time, getting agitated and thinking why they are not listening to me without knowing what makes them listen is a problem. What parents have to solve for themselves. Yes. Correct. Right. Right. Very true. That is so true. We have to. Someone said once, and I don't remember who it was, but someone said that we have to provide that safe container for them to fail and the, for them to not listen and for them to kind of do quote unquote what we think are wrong things, you know, with us, so that then they realize the consequences. So, what do you think about that, Girish? What makes parents think that children should listen to them? <laughs> I put this question back. That's a very, very, very good question you are asking. That's a loaded question, though. <laughs> Why should a child listen to you just because you are the father or mother? Correct. Children happen to be born through you. Matter closed. Correct. Now, if every parent thinks, I, I, I quote uh, uh, in "You Can Heal," no, Lousy uh, uh, Hay. She made a beautiful statement. I don't know how far it is true, but this will bring a transformation change in anybody. You know what she says? She says, children actually choose parents. You know why? Because the children knows it is only under these parents that I can become whole. My, I mean, I can have the best of my lives. Right? Mm -hmm. So if parents think this is true, I'm not saying it is true, but even if we think that this is how life goes on, that children are choosing this father and mother because I can become the best child or become the best version of myself only under these people. Now, if parents even think this is true, they will try to grow themselves as the child grows, not make the child listen to what they think is right. Right. Ah, now, now, am I as a parent doing something so that my child, my son or daughter is becoming the best version of themselves, not what I think is right for them? Correct. 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 And, and that's a, there's a big very difference powerful there. distinction. And there's a very big difference there, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Correct. So then I would suggest I would say then that what you're saying is coaching is very similar to therapy. And we have to become therapists of our children. No, and also before that, I mean, when when do you when does the stage of coaching really start? I mean, at what stage of a child's life yeah, yeah. does a parent really become a coach? See, there is no particular age you can say but you can say start from the age of six seven eight when the child is slowly trying to become independent faster correct right? because you'll find major change happening in any time from seven eight years you'll find that every parent makes this complaint till she was you no know, in the fourth or fifth or the third standard he or she used to listen to everything and she was a wonderful child now on <laughs> listening and that's the shift now, that is where you need to understand why is the child doing it? The child is trying to assert herself, herself or himself. And right? that's how everybody tries to live. Now, when you're trying to put the child into your frame of what you think is right, it doesn't work. Then you 
trigger the child by asking i, I think i think once just just to kind of reiterate this point before you proceed is that as parents we need to be very good observers like when we start seeing the resistance has begun there is a little bit of resistance they are yes. not exactly doing what we what they always used to do when yes. we ask them to do it they would do it and now the resistance is beginning so as parents i think the first step is for us to be observers to see mm-hmm. that now the assertiveness the independence and growing up stage has begun and instead of being afraid of it or fighting it or getting into battles with the children it is best for us to recognize that our time to wear the coach hat has come has right? begun ah yes nicely nicely rounded up yeah because that's that's because it becomes a power struggle right at that point when they are trying to assert themselves and they are trying to become their own person and you are saying no no you need to up to now i have been the pow- most powerful person in your life the biggest person in your life so it has to continue forever correct correct, correct. because you see if you ask in, in all our surveys that we did with parents we asked parents what would you like your child to be when the child is 25 years or something right when they are uh, when they are on their own and you know the answers that we got are invariably same throughout they said i want my child to be good right <laughs> i want my child to be independent i want my child to make all decisions i want them to live a happy life and be financially stable this is across these are the same things which have come right yeah, yeah. not a single parent told i want my child to be the number one in school or the head of a company or owning three cars and big bungalows not a single parent told now you may ask me what is the what is the where is the problem happening there hmm. yes now if yes. intention of every parent is the same yes your inter day to day interactions with your child are you helping them become independent hmm. are you helping them take decisions on their own that is like you said make mistakes and learn from mistakes or are you doing everything for them right correct you want them to be good and happy are you as father and mother husband and wife about depicting happiness in whatever you do right or is your discussions only transactional how much marks you got are you doing good who are the people you interacted with so well said you yeah well said and your intentions do not match they will not match and that is why clashes happen in this regard one more time girish one more time i love that i'll put you just, just said what doesn't match can you say that one more time the intention of all parents is good yes but it is not matching with the actions that you're doing on a daily basis with the action okay and that's why clashes happen yeah yeah no actually that's such a aha moment intention and action are not matching and that's why the parents and the children get into a fight they get into a struggle and we all worry and we get stressed and we i mean we make such a big deal about every small thing and everything turns into a battle and i i hear so many parents say you know what i got to pick my battles and i think that i got to pick my battles is actually not necessary at all if we can make this distinction very clear right yeah very well said very well said and if your intentions are matched with action then your clashes is automatically decrease because you're becoming transaction with every every conversation is only transactional yes and that is not leading to what the child wants right the child is expecting something else from you let's give an example to make this a little bit more clear so you said that you know most parents want their children to be happy i mean that's what all parents want right we want our children to be happy healthy successful do what they want to do in their life and be independent all of those things so that's the intention yeah. and then the action is 
okay but uh, you know your marks are not good enough you yeah. you didn't get a good job why are you eating so much why are you putting on so much weight so all of these things are clashing right here because the intention is this but we are saying something else and that's what creates the confusion mm-hmm. but then but then is it i mean is it wrong i mean i'm sure people will ask is it wrong for the parent to say but you know i want my child to do well in their in their exams i want them to do you know because that's the measure of success in the world today where if you do well in your school then you will become a successful person so what should the how should the parents look at this aspect because it's an important question a lot of the parents are so academically inclined while we agree with what you are saying and we've been saying that in every single episode <laughs> let's focus on who your child is rather than what they, you want them to become so uh, would you can you kind of elaborate on that see yeah every discussion no they what every parent says is unless you get very good marks in 10th you will not get into a very good college yes. unless you be in the top 5 percentile you will not get into your higher studies and then you will not get into a very good job and then you will not be happy finally thing is then you will not be happy yeah yeah because That's the number line yeah now if both these parents they were also extremely good in studies academically good doing everything but they are not internally happy the child knows it um you know that you're going for a work if you know you're coming back stressed you're shouting at everybody you're not happy but still you did all these things and the child will also give you example saying i know so many people who were average in school and they are doing good and they are happy they have all the statistics because in one of my workshops one mother asked me seven year old child says mummy i want to be a dropout you know the mother is worried because somebody says dropouts are successful <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that's who they 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 they're speaking to you now so the child is seeing everything that you are doing your actions your behaviors is right in front of the child and uh, no your child is holding a mirror onto you every second every so, second yeah. Yeah. What yeah. so so is that are you happy with what mirror you are showing to your child Correct. so how Correct. how do we then i mean let's let's then talk about how do we become a coach what can we do as parents to become that coach who matches the intention with the action who's there in the sort of the periphery or the boundary of a child's uh, life progress where we are sort of nudging them a little bit but we are not yeah. telling them what to do or we are not creating their own vision so what can we do as coaches and how do we become yeah, because, that coach because happiness we have defined happiness as that very linear number line right but like you said the children are watching what you do and who you are rather than what you're saying so i'm parroting that oh i'm the happiest person in the world because i got 98 out of 100 in whatever but they're seeing that i'm not really happy right or that 98% has not made me who i am today the other thing that my children say often this is just an example very often they say mama you know one of the biggest dangers i think of parenting is allowing grandparents into the into the periphery because the grandparents will tell the truth so my my mother has and my father has told my children you know that i was a pretty average kind of a student i wasn't like this 98 99% so they often have come back to me and said mama you know you were average and you've done you're doing what you love you finally figured out what you love and you're doing it so we want to do that too and i think that's what you're saying right is kind of be what seema said too is be on the periphery nudge them into it but don't define happiness for them let them define happiness right everything don't define anything for them it is their life uh, yes everything is 
uh, if you have to look into see the, the common mistakes what every parent does, right? I'll tell you what are the common mistakes so that now we'll get an idea of where we need to draw yeah. the line. Okay. Sure. So the first mistake uh, is parents thinking I know everything that is good for my child. Mm-hmm. The truth is we know nothing. Yes. <laughs> and when we know only when you say that I know nothing, you're going to look at your child completely dispassionately and without any judgment. This has to go into our heads very clearly. Yeah. Right? yeah. Number yeah. two. Number two is I want my unfulfilled dreams to be fulfilled by my child. Yes. Yes. Common mistake. Yes. Yes. So I That's did a big one. to do this. I was not able to get such a good education. I did not have the best, but I want my child to go into the best and do. And I wanted to be this. I couldn't. I want my child to fulfill number two mistake. That is your dream. It goes with you, not with your child. Correct. Right? Correct. Number three, parents today being extremely busy, they are having a kind of a guilt that I'm not able to spend time with my child. So let me give everything what the child asks. And then we say they are very entitled. Yeah, because we are giving them everything. Yeah. Yes. You, you said, no, see, I did not have anything. I am giving you everything. Still, you're not able to do what I did. Yes. <laughs> okay. What I, I have heard myself say that. I have said that too. I have said that too. I have provided everything. What else do you want? Yes, yes. I've said there are parents who say, I have sacrificed my job to take care of you. No, quit my job only to see that you do it. And why can't you understand that? And why can't you study with That's your problem. That's dangerous. Um, yeah, that's a dangerous And that's your problem. Yeah, correct. And the other fourth, fourth uh, uh, mistake is no. The old parents' ego, they want their child to have the best. And when they go to school, they want my child to have the best of things, you know, the best of the mobile, the best of the branded dress. It is your ego, which is again, again being put on the child. My child went to this college. That that ego, ah, oh, you know, correct. branded college my child went to. So that's the parents' ego. Correct. So it's the bragging rights. No, we, we, we want those bragging rights. In fact, I, I was reading an article which was so interesting, Girish, and I'm sure um, um, you've read it too, is parents trying to create uh, their children into prodigies, child prodigies. So he, my child won the spelling bee. My child is a math genius at the age of 10. Or, you know, he's a grandmaster. She's a grandmaster at the, of chess at the age of 12 or whatever it might be. And the study that the article that I was reading, there was a study that followed these child prodigies over their growing up years and into adulthood and into their professions. And the interesting thing was it all averaged out. They were all completely average adults. So why then, if we know that, why put that pressure on them becoming prodigies when ultimately at the end of, you know, in their 30s or 40s, they're going to be average. They're going to be like everyone else. What was the intention? Reiterate every parent. What was your intention? Was it to make him a prodigy? No. Independent decision makers live his life, happy life, financially stable. Yeah. Not that's your intention. So are your that's what I said. We have to have that intention clearly written, and then when you're interacting, see whether it is matching my intention. But yeah. the common the common line that most parents say is that you know I am very experienced. I have gone through 25, 30 years of working <laughs> life, and I have. I am an adult, 25, 30 years I've been an adult <coughs> and I know how difficult it is. And, you know, I think there is a lot of fear-driven conversation 
that happens mm-hmm. between parents and children because i have seen what can go wrong i have seen that this can happen if you don't do this then this will happen we constantly put this fear this guilt we dump all this on our children so yeah. how do we kind of take a step back and be that coach that our children really need see here you made a very valid point you see as the child is growing right and when they are supposed to take their decisions with your experience you can see see these are the choices available right yeah. correct that's the conversation yes this could be the consequence and you are going to be completely responsible for this that's right yeah now most parents they are taking responsibility for their child's every act onto them which is wrong i'll tell you one more statement which may blow your minds which has come from screen free parenting you know what he says he says parents are not responsible for their children your child may be getting zero in school maybe yeah. fighting with anybody but you are not responsible for anything that they do but you are responsible to how you react to them after absolutely absolutely what yeah. is in your control i am responsible to them for what i do to them you are not responsible for whatever they do okay. but take responsibility for whatever they do is bringing undue pressure on your head and because of that you make them do something so that they fall in line with whatever you want them to be correct so, so true in fact girish you just gave us the title to our uh, series today parents you are not responsible for your children you are responsible to your children yes. beautiful yes. yeah beautiful so that that was lots of powerful stuff coming i'm trying to remember everything and taking notes but i think i'm going to watch this several times so what's the way forward girish way forward is very simple your children are not your property okay <laughs> yes you are there as a custodian to help them live a life which they feel is right mm. right don't make a frame and say this is right and you fit into the frame simple example not to the online classes now it mm. is now put on children yeah can't expect children to sit in front of her on online class and listen we can't so my only request to parents understand what the children are are undergoing and let it be we are forcing them to sit we are forcing it they cannot so understand that they cannot at yes. least you understand and you accept your child as he or she is she will do things in the right manner at least she will not run away or jump away or go away somewhere else that's my worry correct yeah. i said every parent should know the art of counseling is for the simple reason when i was doing my internship in baptist what baffled me was when children come along with parents and the doctor says the parents to wait outside the child opens up so much to a doctor who they meeting for the first time that the parents do not know and this is Actually, wrong that happens even in our classes you know in in our mm-hmm. communication classes a lot of the kids talk to us about a lot of things and the parents are very surprised that that they have revealed things like this that even the parents don't know or not are not they didn't even know that they were bullied or there's a lot of conversation that comes out in a very safe because we create and provide that safe environment of coaching and of course it's easier for us because we are not their parents but we do strive very hard and i think we can replicate the same safe environment even at home, the home. as as yeah. a coach rather than as a parent yeah absolutely well said yeah so First, what the child should do whenever they are happy unhappy something worst happening dramatically bad things happening in their life they should go to their parents if that is not happening then we have not lived the life no as a coach or counselor forget that or as a parent as well correct you no know? mm-hmm. 
Why are they hiding? So that's now, amazing. So what are some tips that you would give us, Girish? In, uh, and especially tips huh. for the parents who have already, like we have, some of us are, we've already gone beyond the eight years and we are now maybe in the 15th year or 16th year and we have made those oh, imperfecting parent, imperfect parenting decisions uh, throughout the uh, parenting stages. What kind of tips would you give to those parents as well as the new parents? Yeah, now, I'll, I'll uh, look from the child's perspective. Now, what does a child want? Right. I'll give you four A's of parenting, four A's of effective parenting, you can call it. The first is every child is looking for attention, not only child, even adults. Right. Yes, yeah. If somebody puts a post on Facebook, they just immediately how many likes I'm getting. Got if it. I'm like I'm depressed. Right. That means we are also seeking attention. Correct. So when a child is seeking attention, are we as parents giving attention to what the child is doing or are we busy doing things that we want to do? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, so number one is attention. attention. Number two is appreciation for whatever good they do. Ah. These two are related, attention and appreciation. General human tendency is we take all the good things that they do for granted and we pinpoint only the wrong. Yeah, correct. correct. And if you check into anybody's life from morning to night, every child is doing a lot of good things. Mm. But we are pointing only that one mistake. We are only focusing on the negative. Yes, yes, correct. So our attention is going to the negative and we are not appreciating the positive. So the negative will only increase. Right. Wherever your attention goes, energy goes and it repeats. And this is saying, right? What you appreciate, appreciates. Exactly. Appreciate and see the positive in the children and in your life. That will grow. So it's just as simple as that. Yeah. And when parents say, I don't know why my child is not listening. Why is he? No, I want him to change this behavior. So you need to give attention to what good behavior is doing and forget some things which he's not doing. So that will diminish automatically because your attention is not going there. Because you're not focusing on it. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Appreciation. Next is acceptance of the child the way the child is. Mm. Right? Many parents have asked me, see, when when, uh, one one parent asked me, my child is no going... uh, uh, in the teenage, she's not tall. Can you tell me something so that I can make her do stretching exercise? Yes, why do you want her to do stretching exercise? He said, no, because she doesn't have even the average height. I asked, according to whom? <laughs> then he said, no, we have no certain average thing. Then I said, the moment you start talking to your child that you need to do stretching exercises, the message that you're giving is, my father does not accept me the way I am. You are not good enough. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. So, so true. So I actually the one of the one quick example suddenly jumped to my mind, and I was very upset. And my daughter was very upset at that too. Is we had a family member who, who was looking, um, quote unquote, looking for girls um, uh, to get married in the arranged marriage uh, concept, mm-hmm. and they were looking at the uh, you know what they send out the bio data and all, and they focused on oh she's only five two. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, who is, you know, in her 20s, got so angry because she was just like, what do you mean she's only 5'2"? You know, what, what does that say about her at all? You know, the, her height, her physical height says nothing. And then I looked at her because my daughter's 5'9". And I looked at her and I said, was I any less because I'm 5'2"? And that kind of started the conversation. And that's what you're saying is start the conversation, but also accept that you're enough just the way you are. 
No, and also I think children are very sensitive, right? When we say something, don't don't realize it. But, you know, like body shaming is one example. But we don't realize it. But our opinions and our words are very important in their mind. And they are listening to everything we are saying. So we have to be extremely careful about how we speak to our children. And this is, an acceptance will actually drive that. Yeah. And even when uh, at homes where you have two children, no? Yeah. There is a tendency to compare the children, no? Yes, what, yes. The one used to listen so nice, used to not back answer. What are you doing? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I've been guilty of that one. <laughs> so that's, that's no, we allow the, them to be what they are. They are what they are. Yes. The moment yes. you start seeing what they are, they will become what they, they are supposed to be. <laughs> I think I have been in that position where I have compared and suddenly realized, you know, just you see the child's face fall, right? And you see their whole body language go down. And I remember at that point then trying to change myself and saying, okay, you know, yeah, you know, the older one used to listen very nicely and used to, uh, was always afraid of quote-unquote disobeying uh, the parents and all. But you have your own personality you want to question everything and in questioning everything you're learning new things so I kind of tried to um, improve on the mistake that I had made but you're so right because it does affect them very very deeply and what about comparison is nobody can say that I'm I'm beyond comparison or I do not compare it is human nature only thing is once we are aware we reduce it yes yes human tendency to compare. And, and that's where the imperfection comes in. No, Girish, if you do something wrong, go ahead and have that conversation with your kids. Ki, Baba, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Let's talk about it. What did you feel bad about? What did you, you know, what could mama or daddy have done differently? Yes, yes, yes. And the final so conversation, the last A, no, the fourth A is affection, unconditional affection in the sense many of us uh, withdraw our love and affection to a child based on something that they do. Okay? They didn't get good marks. Two days, don't talk talk to them. Uh, or, uh, you, may in, you, you may impose a consequence, but if it is related to love and affection based on condition, that's the worst thing which can happen. Love and affection should be unconditional because that is to the person, not to what they do. These are the four A's which can help Beautiful, beautiful. So attention, appreciation, acceptance and affection. My God, if we had, really we should have met you right when our children were really small and and we could have have used this gyan and we could have, you know, avoided so many battles that we had. I did not know all this. I am also (laughs) not. Yeah, we're all learning and that's exactly the reason why we wanted to do this series and invite people as amazing as you. Uh, Girish, because this is an important message that we need to give to our parents that you know what they have been born from your body but they don't they're not your property you cannot be conditional you cannot be doing a trade-off you cannot love them conditionally you have to give them unconditional attention affection appreciation and uh, acceptance right acceptance. acceptance. Uh, so that's that's really fantastic fantastic uh, advice um, I think uh, I think we are we are done for today and I can't believe that uh, we are such an amazing conversation, Girish. Thank you so much for being on our show. And I hope that we can talk about other areas of parenting as well because your advice is absolutely priceless. Thank you so much. Happy to be, you know, even you have many more episodes coming in front. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Girish. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.